the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And hi there, ho there, everybody. Desk cleaning day here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Oh, where'd the music go? Oh, there it is. Wait. What, way back to that. Bring it up a little bit. I, just, <laughs> I, uh, I like to groove on Friday. 888-933-93-888. We have somebody else running the technical side today, folks. So I'm being difficult. Bad host. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. In touch with the show you can be. I sound like Yoda all of a sudden. You can get in touch with the show by going to um, uh, social media. The Facebook page is The Chris Salcedo Show. On Twitter, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X. Now, getting the show live, easy to do, theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, or the iHeartRadio app, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher for on-demand listening. Um, Let me apologize while I'm thinking about it, for the scratchiness in my voice, you get one uh, one system that rolls through an area and differing pressure and it just wreaks havoc with my voice. So I, if it sounds like I'm straining or pushing or cracking a little bit, it's probably because I am. The voice, not, not mentally. Mentally, I'm all here. Well, 80% here because 20% is already... Having that first cold brewski to celebrate the nation's independence. By the way, go to theblaze.com, click on the channel section, and you will uh, see our presence there. Make sure that you follow and uh, see what we're up to on a daily basis on the program. Time for the flip around, and well, there seems to be a decent mix today. We'll start off with Fox News. Very cool to the idea of splitting, repeal, and replace of Obamacare. On the conservative side, Kentucky's Rand Paul tweeted today, I have spoken to at real Donald Trump, the president's Twitter handle, and Senate leadership about this and agree, let's keep our word to repeal, then work on replacing right away. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and his team continue trying to find a path to 50 votes to pass the Senate GOP health care package. I think there will be uh, various um, proposals, pieces submitted to the CBO to get their feedback and you know what the impacts are going to be both with respect to uh, coverages and costs and that sort of thing. The CBO or Congressional Budget Office will provide estimates of the price and impact of those proposals. All right. So what's going on here is the we told you was it yesterday or the day before last. I think it was yesterday. That Senator Rand Paul had a meeting with, with Donald Trump, and he said it was very productive, and he suggested that it be split up, the repeal of Obamacare, into two sections. And that the first section would be to keep the promise that so many of these Republicans campaigned on and get rid of this destructive and cancerous law. And then part two would be coming up with a replacement and you can open up the floor to Democrats and Republicans 
basically starting over from scratch. Now, there are a couple of problems with this approach. Oh, wait a minute. I'm so, I'm seeing something here on what was that? Hold on a minute. I got Hold on. I got to go back to the Fox News channel. And oh, somebody almost knocked a lamp over in um <laughs> in the Oval Office and 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 nobody was at all happy about it. Hold, hold on a minute. Let me let I I I'm seeing one feed at one speed, another at another. Hold on. We'll, we'll get to this. Hold Is on. there a solution that both the moderate and conservative Republicans can agree upon? We'll talk with a reporter who covers Congress and says senators could face even more pressure when they're back home from the fourth break. That's next. But first, a moment you may have missed today. It turns out President Trump's longtime bodyguard and current White House aide, Keith Schiller, you may have heard about him, has some quick reflexes. He can protect not only the president, but also the furniture. Watch here what happened as reporters jostled for position in the Oval Office. And keep an eye on the right-hand side of your screen. Wow. Uh, Well, you got let me narrate what what this video is showing. Uh, Everybody is these reporters are trying to get into position. They're shoving past one another and they shove somebody into a lamp there in the Oval Office. And the bodyguard that was mentioned by Shep Smith there reaches it and, and saves the lamp from falling down. And a voice can be heard. You guys heard it. Guys, don't shove. Don't shove. Bunch of kids in the White House press corps. Let's get over to MSNBS. ...feasible with the congressional makeup that we've got right now. I don't think it is either, and here's the problem. This is a rescue mission, and while we're taking all this time to get this bill put together, this program continues to fall apart. You give it another year, and it's going to fall all the way apart. They're talking about Obamacare. Uh, Of course, it is a a terrible law, as I was uh, alluding to. And the problem with Rand Paul's solution though i might like it politically uh i might like it as a as a a mechanism to say well we kept our promises we got rid of obamacare obamacare did severe damage to this country and in, into the insurance industry in particular so to sit there it, we, it's not the same situation that it was back in 2009 so just to turn it all off and say everything's back you know to the way it was well it's not there needs to be a transition. And you know what we've advocated for a long time here on this program is that if you're going to repeal Obamacare, any replace bill should have a sunset. It should be structured to usher back in competition. And that's it. And then once that's done, all subsidies go away, all taxpayer money being devoted to it go away the whole program goes away because the government doesn't need to be involved in health care period end of sentence so what what Rand Paul's solution does is if if it is repealed first and there's nothing there and the pain starts the democrats aren't going to be in the mood to to do anything because now the, the republicans own it Right. That's why it's got to be done politically a repeal and replace. Or do nothing at all. Let's get over to CNN. I 
thoughts between the U.S. president and cable news anchors. Well, the American president also had a busy day on the foreign policy front. He met with the president of South Korea, Moon, at the White House earlier. It was a very important meeting because it comes amid growing concern over North Korea's nuclear program and its behavior in the region. President Trump called Kim Jong-un's regime brutal and reckless, and he declared an end to the era of strategic patience. The era of strategic patience with the North Korean regime has failed. Many years, and it's failed. You guys remember what strategic patience was. It was Barack Obama's way of uh, saying, let me be clear, I'm lazy, I don't want to do anything. So that's, that's what strategic patience was. We'll just ignore the problem. That's what strategic patience was. There was nothing strategic about it, and there, there was no exercise of patience. It was just ignoring a rogue regime developing nuclear weapons and a delivery system to, to blow them up over their enemies. So uh, strategic patience was, again, an excuse for the previous administration not to act on bad actors. And uh, it deserves to go the way of the dinosaur. And thankfully, to President Trump's credit, it goes away. All right, coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show, it's desk cleaning day, folks, so I have a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, We'll once again revisit Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her explanations for the tweeting that uh, Donald Trump was doing. Also, something I didn't get a chance to get to all week long, but I really want to get to, which which is this idea that the Democrats are now starting to stall. The Democrats are starting to stall because now attention is turning to what they did in the last administration to potentially and illegally surveil American citizens, unmask and surveil American citizens. And they don't want to go down this road. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show here in the blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. A little programming note, uh, of course, the third and fourth, a lot of people making it a four-day weekend, as is The Blaze. Fantastic special coming up, hosted by Doc. Uh, so I hope you guys can make it part of your barbecuing schedule, having it on the background. As uh, this is the last show before the long celebration of our country's independence, there is something pinned to the top of the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. It's called Ship of Fools, and there's an awful lot going on in this this is something for you to look at laugh at and share so head to the chris salcedo show facebook page check it out and um that will be that there are some uh before i get into the tweets and all this kind of stuff from yesterday some things that rolled across my desk earlier today that uh how should i put this uh have me scratching my head in the state in which i broadcast in texas there's a a city called Kaufman. You've got uh, the police department putting in the words, uh, putting the words in God we trust on the back of their vehicles. And of course, the anti-God freaks are all up in arms. This is an endorsement 
of religion by government. Uh, no, it's our national motto, you putts. This is, this is an endorsement of religion. And the, haven't you ever heard of separation of church and state? Yeah, it was a, a letter from, from uh, Jefferson to, was it, was it the Marbury Baptist or the Dan? No, it must have been the Marbury Baptists. I, gotta, I always get that, that. Hold on a second. Uh, letter to the Marbury Baptist. It, it, was, it was an assurance that there would be no religion. It's the Danbury Baptists. Uh, there would be no official religion of the United States. That was the letter. That was what the letter was about. We can assure you, there will be that separation of church and state. There is nothing that prohibits those in government, those serving in government or government itself, to acknowledging the existence of a god or God. In particular, why? It, because it was so instrumental. Um to the foundation of this country. And I, forgive me, folks, I am distracted because there's breaking news. Stand by. We're going to New York City. Fox News is reporting. Whenever there's a big event in New York City because of the size of our police and fire forces, uh, you just see an army of police and, and firemen there. And, and we do at this time. We're told tactical units are on, are on scene. They are looking for what's being called an active shooter and the first call came in right at 25 30 minutes ago 255 eastern daylight time this afternoon so they've been on this and very quickly uh, all we know about these two patients is that they are shot nypd has sent out and avoid the area warning again it's 1650 grand concourse uh in the bronx here in new york city for those of you who are watching us Two people shot uh, reportedly. It looks like Fox News is the only one reporting this. Uh, CNN scooped once again. MSNBS scooped once again. Uh, again, that could also be, it's, it's not in and of itself best to be first, folks. It's always best to be accurate. But it looks like they have their ducks in a row over at the Fox News Channel news desk. And they're reporting a shooting in the Bronx at a hospital. At least two people shot they are looking for a suspect. So uh, where was I? Uh, yes, in God we trust. The Freedom From Religion Foundation has uh, pledged to, you know, sue. This, this is what they do. They go around and they sue Christians and they sue Jews. They don't sue Muslims. They're afraid of Muslims because Muslims are a politically protected class here in the United States and around the globe. And there's that whole jihadi element of the Muslim community that takes attacks on their faith rather seriously. But the cowards in Wisconsin, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, uh, they are up in arms over this Kaufman County, Texas, uh, in God we trust. It, it, it does so happen to be on the currency. It does so happen to be the national motto. So there's that. What's a motto? No, no. What's the model with you? <laughs> Not even funny. Uh, the other story comes to us from the Washington Times. Now, wrap your head around this, folks. The lawyers for an illegal alien say that he will be paid $190,000 in the city of San Francisco. Why? Because police violated a city ordinance by turning him over to 
to ICE. Now, granted, he's in the country illegally. He doesn't belong here. And the federal law is quite clear. The federal law trumps city law. And the, the officers actually behaved within the bounds of the rule of law. And that is to be punished. Uh, who is this? Olga Rodriguez reporting. A man from El Salvador is in the United States illegally, sued San Francisco after police turned him over to immigration authorities in violation of the city sanctuary law. He is to be awarded $190,000. Now, let that sink in for a minute. Federal law trumps state and city law, but the city is still going to pay up. Pedro Figueroa uh, Zarqueño. Age 33, reached the settlement agreement with the city attorney's office, said Saria Hussein, a staff attorney at the Asian Law Caucus who represented Zarqueño. The agreement must be approved by the Board of Supervisors. We have to ensure that each and every local law enforcement official is following those sanctuary policies. And we are seeing, uh, and we are seeing in Mr. Figueroa's case that it didn't happen. So what this so-called attorney at law is saying is we have to make sure that the San Francisco area police officers are violating federal law on a regular basis by enforcing a city sanctuary policy, which, by the way, we'll get to it. The I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> sorry. Just ask Ellie. I, I do this kind of stuff. Through, oh, I, I just got to... Uh, Never mind. I just got a vocal cue that none of you guys could hear. Or maybe you could because now my eardrums are bleeding. Um, <laughs> anywho, <laughs> this is Ellie. You got to tell her this is just my way. Uh, this is, I just screwing around with people. It's a Friday before a long holiday weekend. It's, it's just we're just having a little fun. Anywho, uh, back to this. Uh, this story. So what you guys have to understand is is that the city of San Francisco has set up an ordinance that violates federal law. And they expect everybody within the confines of their little, their little Gestapo outpost there inside of San Francisco to thumb their nose at federal law and obey these city elders, these leftists. And they're going to make sure that no officer is disincentivized or is incentivized to follow the rule of law. So that's why the penalty is so steep. And this illegal alien is being paid 190,000 taxpayer dollars. Uh, we took some very serious steps yesterday because of the president's tweeting. Y'all didn't hear about it, but we're going to tell you about it as not one, but two laws were passed. Very important laws are well, what the, the bills were passed in the house of representatives it goes on to the Senate. Now we hope they, they take it seriously. Kate's law and punishing punishing sanctuary cities like the city of San Francisco for their illegal and their anti-American ordinances. Back in a minute, we'll detail all of that, folks, on the Chris Salcedo Show. But seriously, how is it that an illegal alien can get paid $190,000 for city officials actually enforcing law? The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Since uh, the conversation the last couple of days has been about tweets uh, and nothing but tweets, I thought I'd share a couple. First off, uh, from Britt Hume over at Fox News, who, uh, well, maybe I should give you my reaction first and I'll tell you what he uh, tweeted. I said, thanks for your thorough assessment of what passes for journalism at the New York Times. And what did Britt Hume tweet out? He said, what a chicken story. What a chicken story. (laughs) This is Britt Hume. Trump interrupts call to compliment female reporters' nice smile. The New York Times felt it necessary to take up page space, ink space, or internet space with a story that adds absolutely no value to anybody's life in an effort to paint Donald Trump as as some sort of misogynist, as some sort of lech. And Brit Hume rightly calls it out as a chicken blank story, a chicken poop story, and I'm cleaning that up. So hat tip to Brit Hume, one of my favorite journalists of all time. Now he's in kind of the editorial realm. And then the other tweet comes from the guy who started the tweeting controversy these last, uh, you know, 48 hours. Donald Trump himself. This time he says, if Republican senators are unable to pass what they are working on now, they should immediately repeal and then replace at a later date. Reflecting Rand Paul's suggestion, Ben Sass coming out and supporting that way of doing things. You know, at the very least, it You know, the Democrats will never help, but it would at least light a fire under some of these intransigent, uh, phony Republicans to to cooperate if they have to if they have to vote on these things separately. And Rand Paul was saying, you know, hey, these so-called Republicans love to spend other people's money. So, um, you know, repeal Obamacare, get rid of this garbage and um, and. Sorry, I'm distracted once again as Fox News continues to follow this breaking news. They have they have upped the people shot total, folks. It's no longer two people, three doctors now, they are reporting, have been shot. CNN has finally caught up with uh, what's going on. And um, MSNBC, they don't do news. <laughs> so they apparently don't care. Uh, about something or, or don't recognize what real news is. Uh, hold on. Before, before I get into what I was going to talk about, let me just dip in and see what the latest is. The armed units floor to floor at this hospital in the Bronx, uh, searching for whoever this gunman is. Uh, all we know is active shooter situation. Three doctors, according to FDNY, speaking to the New York Times, are victims there. We know that one of those doctors, according to witnesses, was being treated by obviously other doctors inside the hospital. This is not a trauma center, but a pretty well-known hospital up in the Bronx uh, with a lot of traffic in and out of there. The gunfire reported just about uh, 40, 50 minutes ago now, 45 minutes ago at that hospital in the Bronx. We're, we're working to determine the condition of these patients up there. We, we know, according to authorities, that uh, three doctors have been shot. All right, so that's the update. Uh, let's get on to other news. Yesterday was rather historic. And if Donald Trump's tweet hadn't 
dominated, it probably would have been, well, there'd have been some really good stories coming out of yesterday. The energy, the energy uh, speech he gave, and also something that was passed in the House of Representatives. Two things, actually. But instead, this is what the focus was on. She was bleeding badly from a facelift. I said no. The tweets, and remember the White House has repeatedly said that the president's tweets are the equivalent of presidential statements. There are venomous tweets about the host of a cable TV news show. The president's target, Morning Joe co-host Mika Brzezinski. A president who has thrived on pushing the envelope of civility and pounding his critics, proving he has not lost the ability to shock and change the conversation. Yes, uh, as we anticipated, very much one-sided coverage. Uh, Lester Holt says, uh, you know, that this president uh, bashing his critics. Um, or how, how did Lester Holt put that? I've done pushing the envelope of civility. Pushing the envelope of civility. Now, he blames Donald Trump. But Lester Holt doesn't look to his own backyard, MSNBC. Nothing makes a man feel better than making a fake cover of a magazine about himself, lying every day and destroying the country. Okay. It's a good feel. Well, where are your hands in that? <laughs> oh, well, he's covering his hands here because they're teensy. I think he's such a narcissist. It is possible that he's mentally ill in a way. My mother's had dementia for 10 years. That sounds like the sort of thing my mother would say today. Lester Holt, isn't that also pushing the envelope of civility? And that happens day in and day out over on that channel, on that morning show. So whereas I think you're correct in your assessment of this tweet as being uh, uh, pushing the envelope of civility, if you truly or your news agency truly had a an emphasis on balance or fairness you would also point out that the rhetoric that comes out of this 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 show on MSNBC uh is also pushing the envelope of civility sarah huckabee sanders was questioned about this yesterday at the press briefing. I mean, I think that the president has been uh, attacked mercilessly on personal accounts by members on that program. And I think he's been very clear that when he gets attacked, uh, he's going to hit back. I think the American people elected somebody who's tough, who's smart, and who's a fighter. And that's Donald Trump. And I don't think that it's a surprise to anybody that he fights fire with fire. Now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was wondering out loud as many people tried to characterize this an attack by a very powerful man the most powerful man in the world the president of the united states on a poor helpless defenseless mika brzezinski nothing makes a man feel better than making a fake cover of a magazine about himself lying every day and destroying the country okay it's a good feel well, where are your hands in that <laughs> oh, well he's covering his hands here because they're dizzy. yeah uh defenseless just just a sweet and and uh innocent as the and as pure as the wind-driven snow mika brzezinski over at msnbs anyway sarah huckabee Noted that, you know, along with uh, the, the bashing of the president and the pushing the envelope of civility against the president, 
the members of the, the Morning Joe team also bash Republican women on a regular basis, but there doesn't seem to be any outrage over that. What do you feel about the president attacking another woman specifically for her looks, and what does that show as an example to how men should be treating other women? I, uh, look, everybody wants to make this a, a an attack on a woman and a quality. What about the constant attacks that he receives or the rest of us? I'm a woman, and I've been attacked by this show multiple times. So is Kellyanne Conway. So is any woman who dares associate with the Trump administration or work for the Trump administration. But that's okay. It's okay to bash Republican women and to attack Republican women. Isn't that right, Democrats? Isn't that right, Morning Joe? Isn't that right, Mika Brzezinski? Some of the hateful things you people have said about Republican women. That's okay. But you attack a liberal woman and the world comes crashing down. Now, I do not bring this up to you to excuse or exonerate in any way what Donald Trump tweeted. You know my big problem with that tweet was that it drowned out his actual agenda. And I think it's kind of silly to step on your own message. It doesn't make much sense. But I'm also fair enough, count, uh, contrary to... Uh, what these other individuals in media who call themselves press, I will give you both sides and let you know about, uh, I, I can condemn what the president tweeted and also condemn what these so-called hosts do on a daily basis. Up next, historic day. Again, something that we should have been concentrating on exclusively. The United States House of Representatives passing two bills, one called Kate's Law, the other to rein in lawless anti-American sanctuary cities. I'll be right back. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. This Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. Mary Ramirez coming up next hour, and we'll also talk to, uh, well, the largest, a representative of the largest generation in our country, the millennials. They're bigger than the baby boomers, folks, so they uh, they matter. They matter, and we're going to get an idea of what's uh, on one millennial's mind who writes quite frequently. Liz Wolf will be in to talk about some things on her radar screen. We're going to ask her about Trump and what she thinks, too. Uh, anyway, yesterday this happened. Fox News Channel's Peter Ducey outlines, uh, I think, a turning point. A turning point where the United States actually starts to once again value its citizens over illegal aliens. By passing Kate's law and a bill that punishes sanctuary cities, House Republicans whose campaigns included promises to get tough on illegal immigrants got a win. But there are many families whose lives have been torn apart by the current system who are still feeling a deep sense of loss tonight. This was premeditated 
planned torture of my kid. Laura Wilkerson's son Joshua was killed after being beaten and set on fire by someone in this country illegally. I hope that, that no one else has to sit up here and tell how horribly their kid was tortured or murdered. Yeah, I, uh, this, this incident, and we've talked, when we did our special illegal immigration, not a victimless crime, um, I believe this woman was on the special. And we had her on and we talked to her. And it happened in Texas. Can you imagine being the parent of a child who was kidnapped, tortured, burned, burned by, and you know that if your government had been doing its job, it never would have happened. Now, if it was some random American citizen, it'd be one thing. But this cat that did it to, to her son should never have been allowed to be here. He should never have gained access to the United States because he was here illegally. So there are, there are those in our society and they are of one political party and one ideology who stand up for the, the, the barbarians who do this to our citizens and keep on fighting for the right for these people to be here illegally. Are killed by somebody that shouldn't have been in this country. Now Republicans in Congress say they are trying to prevent any more pain like that. Sanctuary cities are putting lives at risk. The GOP introduced a bill today that gives sanctuary cities a choice. Follow federal immigration laws or lose federal funds. If you're going to receive taxpayer dollars from the federal government to uh, uh, keep people safe, that you've got to follow the law. The other bill considered today, Kate's Law, named for Kate Steinle, murdered by an illegal immigrant in San Francisco. Kate's Law would crack down harder on illegal immigrants who commit crimes, get deported, and come back. And today, the DHS secretary came to the Capitol with a warning for Democrats. I'm offended when members of this institution exert pressure and often threaten me and my officers to ignore the laws. That line did not sit well with Democrats. Uh, To have a difference of opinion... Uh, on a matter is not a threat. Uh, well, I, I beg to differ. You, you, you folks on the left side of the aisle threaten quite frequently. And then you name call and you call people bigots and prejudice because we want to enforce the rule of law and don't think it's a good idea to keep illegal alien felons around. As a matter of fact, some of your, your compatriots in sanctuary cities sue states like Texas fighting for that right to keep illegal alien felons on the streets of America. It's disgusting. Democrats argue that punishing sanctuary cities could backfire. Well, these cities don't comply, they get money taken away from them, and then crime will go up. Oh, yes. <laughs> what a canard that is. While others argue the GOP is trying to discriminate and distract. Healthcare not going well? Let's just hate some Mexicans today. That is uh, loudmouth leftist Latino. Congressman Gutierrez. Several problems I have with his statement there. Uh, Chief among them that he believes that if we're talking about illegal alien felons, that we're talking about Mexicans. Uh, uh, People of Mexican descent who are who are in the United States of America legally. And might I say to Congressman Gutierrez, you're full of crap. You're full of crap. And. I resent you trying to equate Latinos to illegal activity. 
you are a reprobate, sir. And you do not deserve the office that you occupy because you advocate anti-American, anti-rule of law stances. And you should be removed from office if anybody was in your district had a conscience. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two of the Salcedo Show is underway. Glad you have tuned in, everybody, here to the program. And uh, we'll be making a connection here with uh, Mary Ramirez. In mere moments, uh, every single time, it seems, I try to make a call with this, with Skype. The dang thing wants to update. So it's it's sitting here right in front of me on my screen. And it's saying it's updating. Uh, Mary Ramirez joining us now on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, lady, what's happening? Hey, Chris, how are you? Uh, sh- folks, just, just in the interest of full disclosure, she is a full half hour ahead of her normal appearance time on Fridays because, hey, there are some things to do from a, for the mommies have to do who are expecting, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. We got to go hear baby's heartbeat in just a few minutes, so I thought I'd, I'd get a jump and do this early. So thank you for accommodating. No, no, no problem. It. You know, I... First off, I don't know how much exercise you do, but I am I am hearing that it's all the rage among people in your generation because you you are somewhat millennial. For th- <laughs> this this yoga thing, uh, the, yes. the hot yoga and all, and and the hot yoga is actually temperature, right? It's not like it's it's upbeat yoga. It's more no hot as in temperature. They they skyrocket the temperature. And they make they make you sweat like a pig, right? It is. Um, they actually don't recommend it when you're pregnant because it is quite warm in the room. But yeah. uh, I do exercise. I ran a 5K last weekend, so I'm keeping it up. Keeping you it up. ran a 5K? Yes, I did. Good. Terrible grief. time, but I finished. So man, alive. <laughs> I just, you know what? I, I, I really suck when it comes to fit. Um, Mary Ramirez. You're a little busy. Well, that there's that. Um, I've, I've got some reading material <laughs> I've got to get into too. I've got. I've got some mandatory reading i gotta, I got to pull off here the next couple of weeks. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, why don't you let me know what's going on with you and, and what uh, you are writing about this week? Well, um, as we come up on another 4th of July, I've had a couple of things rattling around in my head. And, and one of them has to do with someone that we actually both know. Um, it's Jonathan Dunn. He's a been doing a podcast with The Blaze for a while now. He's from Ireland, and he does a pretty good job of explaining our values um, and our history to us. And um, Well, his dream has been to come to the United States. It's been his dream for two decades or more. And uh, he got a job offer. He had a, an employer ready and willing to bring him over here and go through all the legal hoops and the financial obligations to get him over here, <clears throat> excuse me, legally. And unfortunately, um, his his immigration attorney informed him that there was not a work permit that would allow him, that would fit his criteria to allow him to come over here legally, which, of course, was devastating. And it's amazing to me because it's it's so ironic that we, we, we hand out the right to live here like candy to illegal aliens. But when you got somebody, you know, hardworking, you know, clean record, good person wants to come over here. Oh, no, no, no. We shut the door. Um, so 
but it got me thinking about the rest of us. You know, this is, I mean, he, he, he went on Facebook when he got this news and, you know, he's holding back, fighting back tears because this I is saw a the, dream. I saw the video. Yeah. It ripped me apart. I'm, I know. Exactly. And it just got me thinking, like, how do we get it? Like, do we Americans, and even those, frankly, who are here illegally that have been allowed to stay, do we get what an incredible, unmatched inheritance that we have in our hands simply by virtue of, of being here? I like I mean, where you're, I, I like, I just, well, hold on, I like where you're going, and I, and I want you to be able to do this uninterrupted, but I, before we let Jonathan Dunn's plight go, I just want, I just want to take a minute, because I think you made a, a fantastic point, I don't want to let it go without being, I don't know, punctuated. Uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is we have a, we have a political persuasion in this country that bends over backwards for illegal aliens and illegal alien felons. And then right. here you got a guy, Jonathan Dunn, who wants to come in from uh, an allied country who has gainful employment, who's walking through the front door and says, you know what, I, I, I was told by several friends just to go in illegally. And he says, I have too much respect for America right. to do that. And, and this guy is the one who gets crapped on. By, by this system, by individuals like uh, Representative Gutierrez, who we mm. just heard from a, a, a minute ago. So I, uh, Jonathan Dunn explains, as you rightly point out, American history and a love mm -hmm. for American history better than many cradle-born Americans do, have more of a reverence for our rule of law than we do because he doesn't have the same kind of thing where he's mm -hmm. from. So what a concept <laughs> I, I know. Right. So I, I don't I don't want to. I mean, what what a fourth of July story in the finest sense of an individual okay. who wants to come to yearn, who yearns to breathe free. However, the current state of decadence in this country, because we have been far too long under under left wing rule and under left wing dominance, uh, his situation, somebody good and noble and forthright and lo somebody who legitimately loves this country, not to get a job, but loves America, is not welcome. And so many people who want, whose first uh, uh, expression upon entering our country is to crap on our laws, uh, they're <laughs> welcome with open arms. I mean, what a juxtaposition and how far we have fallen. I know. Isn't that amazing? Here, he's not even asking for anything. He's, he's, he doesn't want to come here. And not that there's anything wrong with wanting to come here and, and making a better financial life for yourself. Many people did that. My ancestors did that. But he wants to come and work here to help save the country. He wants nothing. I mean, I've heard him say a million times he worked for free if he could. And in many cases, he does. He goes and gives speeches for free. So it, it is, it's such an incredible example. And I think it's, it's something that we Americans need to take pause and look at him and realize well, yeah. we're here. You know what pisses and me off, too, is that you've got Patrick Stewart, who is a, <laughs> a, a resident of the U.K., who is vowing to come over and become an American citizen, and he's got the notoriety and he's got the cash. So oh, he'll, you know he could do it. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be able to come in, and his stated goal is so he can oppose Donald Trump. Unbelievable. And that's okay. That. Let's, let's get a oh. leftist like Patrick Stewart over here to mm -hmm. oppose our president. But then here comes Jonathan Dunn, somebody who has a, a belief and a love for the foundation of this country. And, oh, no, we got to keep him out. It's like our buddy Jack Buckby. Jack Buckby. Exactly. is going to get married to an American citizen. And he can't mm -hmm. come over here because some leftist put him on some sort of a watch list. His only crime is being a conservative. I don't like where this is going. As a matter of fact, folks, I, I really wish that you guys, before we let Mary finish up here, I wish you'd call your congressmen. I wish you'd call your senators. Let them know about Jonathan Dunn's plight. 
about Jack mm-hmm. Buckby's plight, and then use the examples that Mary and I are using right now. Here are good uh, individuals, good conservatives who have love and devotion for this country, for the United States of America, and want to be a part of it. And, and, yeah. they, and they can't come in, but illegal aliens, illegal alien felons, and leftists like Patrick Stewart, oh, they, they get the red carpet rolled out for them. It's a travesty. These are honorable men, and they do. You are, I'm so glad you brought that up, and you are so right. You, your audience, you have a wonderful audience. Use your voices. Call your representatives, your, your senators, your congressmen. These are honorable men that should be here. If, if, if we stand for everything we say we stand for, they should be here. But, of course, we, we know we live in some, some sort of alternate universe today where, where that's not the case. But, yeah, so it just... So I'm writing about him, and I, I just I couldn't get him out of my head because this I mean this could have been his first Fourth of July, depending on how quickly they could have processed his work visa. I don't know, but regardless, he's he is for the foreseeable future not coming, um, and and yet he continues to preach the message of American exceptionalism, and how different we are from the rest of the world. We are so different in the sense that no other nation did what our founders did. And what breaks my heart, this is the second thing that was rattling around in my head, what breaks my heart is that we're throwing it away. We're throwing that heritage away every day by doing what you just outlined, celebrating people who come here illegally while turning away the Jonathan Dunn's of the world, right? We're throwing it away when we celebrate collectivism over the individual, you know, when we chain ourselves to a massive welfare state government that, that provides everything cradle to grave and, and takes over our freedoms by virtue of doing that. We're throwing away that heritage when we celebrate government involvement in things like healthcare. I had, I don't know if you've heard about this case, but Charlie Gard over in the UK, I don't know where he's, where, where his fate is right now. He was supposed to be taken off life support, but he's the infant um, whose parents had appealed to the, the uh, European Court of Appeals to get their son taken out of the UK and over to the US to be, to be treated for a yeah. disease that he has. And of course, those courts. They demonically ruled against the parents. They and, won't and, release and the, him, you know, because, exactly, because that, that proves socialism fails and they can't allow that to happen. And that is what, exactly, but that is what we're headed for because we, and I say collectively, not you and I, but we are throwing away our heritage and everything that made us so different from the rest of the world, the way we'd been doing it for millennia. We're throwing that away when we celebrate things like gov- government involvement in, in, in healthcare. Even the, the, the Republicans, the repeal and replace Republicans. Why do we have to replace Government-run healthcare, isn't that just a straight repeal? So my point just simply is, I want people this Fourth of July, you know, as we eat our hamburgers and we watch our fireworks, do all those wonderful things. Remember people like Jonathan Dunn, and remember how lucky you are to be here, to to have this heritage, and protect it. That's our that is our solemn duty to everyone who died, protecting it before us, so that we could sit here and live in this unmatched country amen to it that. Is, it's 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 our it's our duty what's the name of your piece mary sure so go to my blog and uh it is fellow americans do you get how blessed you are and i'll tweet that out after the, the and, segment uh note to the the fine salcedo show production staff today i think this one ought to be one of our feature articles on the chris salcedo show channel uh, we've been figuring out a way uh, when dunn is coming over on a tour of the united states he won't be able to stay but he's yes. going to be over here when he does get over here, we're going to get him on the program, but this uh, allows us to maybe, to maybe uh, I don't know, grease the skids, maybe uh, roll out a, a, a little more of a welcome mat for him. Amen. Uh, and let's, let's get this up on the front page so that uh, folks can ruminate on this on the 4th of July holiday. Mary Ramirez, everybody, uh, we'll retweet this out coming up uh, uh, after we get into the, into the commercial break. Have a great 4th of July.
Thank you so much. You too. God All bless. Right. You're right. More to come, folks. The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. From the highest levels of the Russian government, clearly from Putin himself, in an effort, as 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed, to influence our elections. 17 agencies came to a consensus conclusion that we took the extraordinary step of making public. We have 17 U.S. intelligence agencies who have said uh, that Russia attempted to influence our election. 17 U.S. intelligence agencies issued a statement expressing their unanimous assessment. Yes, uh, that all sounds well and good, but it's just a, a pack of lies. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show, the New York Times of all people. This, this lie was repeated once again. And uh, the New York Times was caught pushing more fake news. New York Times issued a correction Thursday on an article that incorrectly claimed that all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies agree that Russia orchestrated the attacks and did it to get Trump elected. Original article published June 25th covered certain reactions that President Trump gave in response to Russian cyber attacks. Turns out the truth is it isn't 17, actually only four of those 17 gave that reaction. But, you know, it never stops Democrats from repeating something over and over and over again in true, true propaganda fashion. If you do that, it becomes truth. And that has been their M.O., their modus operandi. Has it not, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, speaking about the great efforts, and I think the Republicans do deserve credit for passing Kate's Law in the House, for passing the crackdown on sanctuary cities in the House. The Attorney General was asked a very pointed question. We've brought this up in the Chris Salcedo show on several occasions by Pete Hegseth. This morning, the Attorney General was talking with Fox and Friends, and Pete had a very good question, what is so frustrating. It's, it's basically, it's what Mary and I were just bandying about back and forth. Have a listen. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, just generally speaking, has it surprised you since you've taken this position and been involved in all these fights, how much the rule of law has, has diminished? Do you feel like it's ultimately lawlessness and unwillingness to just pay attention to the basic laws on the books that have created this? Yeah, uh, I would say, well, for the Attorney General answers, I would say yes. These last eight years have been incredibly destructive to the rule of law, sponsored by one political party and one political ideology liberalism they're lawless they are uh, by their very nature uh, against their own country think about this every single time you get into a, a conversation with a committed progressive how long does it take the conversation to devolve into them blaming America I mean you could be talking about the worst regimes in the world 
Iran, Venezuela, Cuba, Russia, uh, China. But these libs only have criticism for one country, the United States. We had one such progressive idiot in the Oval Office for the last eight years. And part of that ideology, part of that political persuasion was the abandonment of the rule of law. And you're just really trying to bring that back into order? I, that's the way I feel about it, um, um, Pete, I believe that's you. Uh, this is a uh, frustrating thing. Uh, under the laws of the United States, you should only enter this country properly. You don't get to come into the country illegally, and if you do, you're subject to being deported. You are really subject to being deported if you come into the country illegally and murder somebody or commit another serious crime. They must be deported, and they must not be allowed to re-enter. The American people are correct and decent and good. They want a lawful system of immigration. Yes, the American people are. But one political party is not. Why do you think they're losing so many elections, folks? Is it the Democrat Party is going to places where the vast majority of Americans can't follow them? To violence, to to justifying violence against their political uh, their political opponents, to the abandonment of the rule of law, the very fabric of a civilized society. And Americans either intellectually or intuitively know that that leads to nowhere good. And that's why they're losing elections. Nobody can get behind a, a, a moron like Gutierrez, Congressman Gutierrez, who says that if you enforce the rule of law, that somehow means you're, you hate Mexicans. And that, that only those breaking the rule of law are Mexicans. <laughs> that's, that's what he's, he's trying to perpetuate, that myth. So I think the Attorney General is spot on here. The restoration of the rule of law and many of the lawless folks, again, 99.9% of them reside inside of one political party. They don't appreciate all the rules being instituted because the number one thing that I can tell you folks are progressive, the number one thing they don't like hearing like any petulant child, is the word no. That protects the national interest, one they can be proud of, and it's time for the politicians in this country and the leaders to join President Trump and get this done. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, it can be done. It's not impossible. From Fox Business, another story. New Jersey millionaires on welfare. Busted. More to come, prosecutors say. The seven wealthy New Jersey couples, including a rabbi and his wife, who allegedly gamed the system to collect about $2 million in unmerited welfare benefits, may, be, may just be the tip of the iceberg. They skimmed off of Medicaid, <clears throat> food stamps, Social Security, and public housing. They're, they're millionaires. And they, they built the taxpayers of $2 million. bucks. What does this tell us, folks? What does this tell us? This tells us that the lament that Ronald Reagan gave when he was in office is even more true today. This government is too big and spends too much of our money. This government has grown beyond the consent of the governed. This government, it is impossible. It is so damned big. 
that it is impossible for them to be good stewards with our money. Why am I busting my rear end? Why are you busting your rear end to, to fund government programs that those 535 individuals up on Capitol Hill have no prayer of administering? Why are we doing this? It's time to stop. We check in with the millennials. Coming up next, the Chris Salcedo Show. You're in the blaze. You're listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. The largest demographic in our country is millennials. They now eclipse baby boomers. So we like to check in every once in a while, see what's on their mind. Liz Wolf is the editor of Young Voices. Uh, she is, it's a nonprofit organization, by the way, based out of Washington, D.C., that works with millennial political commentators. Her writing has been published in the Houston Chronicle, Reason Magazine. Daily Beast, USA Today, and the Washington Examiner. Liz, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hi, how are you, Chris? I'm doing well. You're going to have to educate me on a couple of things because one of your focuses, now I understand the whole abortion debate, don't get me wrong on that, but you're late, <laughs> you're, don't giggle at me. I mean, I, I just don't know the handmaid's tale. I'm not, at, Sean berates me and YTK constantly berate me because I am so deficient on some of these shows that are coming up on cable and on Netflix and all this kind of stuff. And, and The Handmaid's Tale, you use this show to demonstrate the absurdity of a, of a protest against uh, limiting abortion. What was this all about? Yeah, don't worry. I can explain it to you. Um, you're in good hands. <laughs> um, the Handmaid's Tale is basically, it's a show that's been very popular lately. It's played on Hulu. Um, and it's about this really just crazy dystopian reality, um, well, potential reality of, of this republic called Gilead. And it's basically this very theocratic sort of backwards um, authoritarian government where the top male politicians, the ruling class, if you will, they um, sort of hold women as slaves and use them as sort of birthing chattel um, or like human incubators. Um, because there's a big fertility crisis. And so the concept is, in order to keep their country going, they have to reproduce. And since there's so, so many issues with fertility, they use these women as sort of slaves to do so. Um, so it's a very melodramatic take. It's based off of Margaret Atwood's novel um, of the same name. And it's, it's a beautifully done show, excellent acting. Um, but it's really interesting. It's been used in a lot of protests recently, uh, one in Ohio that I wrote about, and one really recently in Washington, D.C., where pro-choicers dress up as handmaids and sort of draw that comparison between this horrible, horrible, theocratic, authoritarian regime and what we're currently experiencing today with the abortion rights debate. And it's a really strange um, way of expressing that message to me. Strange, and of course, it doesn't comport with reality, which is, uh, mm -hmm. symptomatic of, of, of our political opposition. Another thing that's on your mind, and, and i, I got to ask you why you chose to write about this. I mean, I, I don't mind that you did. Uh, it's just something that doesn't occur, occur to us in, in, in normal, normal conversation or normal political parlance. Smarter design for Skid Row, and you focused in on something going out in Los Angeles, yes? Mm-hmm, yeah. So my goal as a conservative libertarian writer 
is basically to communicate to people that um, a lot of the messaging, especially to young people, it, it doesn't, so many young people are liberal these days, right? And I want to communicate to them that it's not, that a lot of their assumptions about Republicans or conservatives aren't necessarily right. And so even if we don't favor a government approach to certain issues, we still want to solve things like poverty and homelessness. So I was really studying these nonprofits and these new projects um, that are attempting to use design to create better, smarter, safer homeless shelters for the homeless. Um, so, yeah, that was published in City Lab actually yesterday. Hmm. Okay. So the whole idea is to provide uh, the homeless folks with what something bare bones, uh, a roof over their head, uh, with these small, uh, energy efficient, easy to, and, and cheap uh, houses is that what they are or these these uh, yeah. what, what are they what are they what are they called they're well they have a few different names there's the micropads project um there's a project going on in seattle generally the most generic term could be like prefabricated housing pods mm-hmm. and they tend to be very small they tend to range from about 190 to 400 square feet um so definitely smaller than your average city apartment for example um but one some of these projects the pods are already constructed typically in china and they can be transported on the back of an 18 wheeler so you can typically fit, fit three of these little tiny houses on the back of a truck um and, and, then and this is and way, this is done and this is done as a solution to a homelessness problem instead of opening up all these shelters they just house them mm-hmm. now, now where do they get the property for this well, a lot of the times it's it's nice because since you don't have to deal with going through the really onerous um, zoning regulation process, you have a lot more flexibility in terms of the size of lot you can choose. Um, so it's it's really interesting. Part of the reason is because a lot of homeless people are um, resistant to going to shelters. A lot of the times there's issues with bed bugs, with lice, with disease transmission, with theft. There's some really awful stuff that goes on, and a lot of us aren't aware of it because we don't you know, sort of have a, a front line, uh, front row seat I, to these I issues. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And, and they're temporary structures, so you don't need to go through all the, the permitting and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, uh, Liz uh, Wolf is our guest, folks, editor, for uh, the chief editor for Young Voices. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about is to get your perspective on on the tweeting habits of the president of the United States. <laughs> what, how, how are millennials processing what they're seeing from this administration? Well, I think millennials are, and everybody, honestly, um, is sort of being distracted from the the main issues right now. I mean, if you look at all these scandals related to CNN's coverage of Russia, if you look at these scandals related to Morning Joe, it's really unreasonable the amount of time we're devoting to these things. Um, And it's distracting from these real issues. So I think Trump sort of, President Trump uses this as um, a means of getting free press time. um, And he sort of does what he wants, right? He's a very powerful man. And I now, now, focused a lot more on the real issues at play here. Doesn't sound to me like you're as outraged as maybe some of these baby boomers who uh, occupy the sets of, of MSNBC and CNN. It sounds to me like the millennials are taking this more in stride than maybe the rest of the, the rest of the country. Well, I think we're sort of used to it right now, right? I mean, this yeah. is nothing new. This is what President Trump has been doing for months and months now. And at least my take, perhaps this isn't how everybody's processing it, but I think we should be processing it with a little bit more um, of a sense of prioritization of real issues. We're, we're really letting, us, letting this distract us. 
I agree. You know, I mean, here you've got a tweet that the president puts out, and the reason why he gets so much attention is because they can beat him up over it. But he tweets out all the time. When he tweets about policy, nobody pays attention on these so-called <laughs> news networks. Liz Wolf is her name, folks, as she is the chief editor for Young Voices. Check out her stuff at uh, the Washington Examiner, Houston Chronicle, Daily Beast, USA Today. Uh, thank you so much. Happy Fourth of July, Liz. Thanks for being here. <laughs> thank you so much, Chris. Happy Fourth to you too. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's always nice. You see, I, I have to make sure the millennials here on the the Chris Salcedo show are well represented, right, Ellie? <laughs> right, Blake? You, you guys, you guys, do you guys like having a once in a while millennial representative on the on the program just to make sure that your voices are out there? <laughs> They're like, I don't really care. Uh, uh Triple. <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, last segment before the long holiday weekend, Fourth of July, celebrating our independence. Look, before uh, I just, I, I don't think we could have said any better than having Mary's segment on. Uh, for all of our faults here in the United States, we're still freer than any other place on the planet, and there are those of us who are dedicated to making sure it stays that way. That's why we fight Luis Gutierrez and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're dedicated to the upper, other proposition of making us look like Europe, of making us look like Venezuela, making us look like Cuba or China. That's why we oppose them. That's why we must continue. There's too much at stake. And for those uh, who think that's over-dramatizing things a little bit. Just remember President Reagan's lament. Freedom must be defended again, again, and then again. F uh, freedom is only a generation away from being lost. Uh, you guys are going to hear some caterwauling in the coming weeks as the Trump administration decides we're going to do away with the presidential daily briefing. But there is bipartisan support for this. Ari Fleischer... Uh, who is President Bush's, or was, President Bush's press secretary, and Mike McCurry, who was Clinton's former press secretary. They both agree. Time to go away. And McCurry uh, completely wants it gone, says it was a mistake for him to bring it in. So that's all going on. And then lastly, there is this story that came out of the Washington Times. I think this was Wednesday. Where are we at? What day is today? Of course, my calendar's not popping up on the uh, screen here. What are we at? The 30th? Yeah, it's the 30th. No? Yeah, it is the 30th. Two days ago. And who wrote this? Uh, Dan Boylan and Andrea Noble. Schumer uses Senate rule to scuttle meeting on unmasking of Obama officials. Now it's getting serious because unlike Trump and his campaign staff, 
Obama was in official capacity in government. And now people want to know, hey, why did you unmask all these people? What, what national security purpose did you state or did you have for doing this for violating the Fourth Amendment of so many people for, over, for several years against the FISA court? And Chucky Schumer doesn't want anybody looking into this. And then now it's also turning on resident Obama. Because now, now we know that resident Obama knew six months before the election about this alleged unprecedented hacking, not hacking, uh, electronic interference or attempted interference in our elections. And did basically what he did his entire occupation of the Oval Office, sat on his ass and did nothing when it came to those threatening America. If somebody threatened America, Barack Obama did nothing. If somebody threatened America's allies, Barack Obama did nothing. All you need to do is look at Russia. All you need to do is look at China. All you need to do is look at Cuba, Iran, ISIS. And Newt Gingrich seems to think that we are very close to this happening. Because guess what's about to happen? The Congress is about to have to call Barack Obama in to testify under oath about when he knew about Russian meddling. Was it really last August, as the news stories say? Who told him? Why did he do nothing? Who was in the meetings when he decided to do nothing? It's going to turn out, yes, there's a big Russian story. It's Barack Obama. Resident Obama knew about what we're told today is unprecedented interference and chose to do nothing. And even Democrats like Adam Schiff are saying, why the hell didn't you do anything? So now look, this isn't out of character with Resident Obama, as we just articulated. I mean, Mr. Obama made an entire occupation of the Oval Office out of doing nothing to America's benefit. I mean, can you guys remember one time where he stood up for America against thugs, against despots or dictators? I can't. As a matter of fact, uh, Bashar al-Assad could use weapons of mass destruction and Barack Obama wouldn't lift a finger. Bashar al-Assad could gas his own people and Barack Obama wouldn't lift a finger. Now, what about this idea that Russia delivered the election on a silver platter for Trump? Now, I I fully concede that Russia attempted to interfere with the election, but that's not groundbreaking. They've been doing that since the Soviet era, right? But we're told it was special this time. So here was President Obama. And again, he had been briefed that this was an unprecedented, allegedly, that it was an unprecedented attack. And here's what he was saying. I have never seen in my lifetime or in modern political history any presidential candidate trying to discredit the elections and the election process before votes have even taken place. It's unprecedented. It happens to be based on no facts. Every expert, regardless of political party, 
regardless of ideology, conservative or liberal, who has ever examined these issues in a serious way will tell you that instances of significant voter fraud are not to be found. So the man is standing up in front of the country after he allegedly has information under his hat of the most extensive attempted interference in our elections in American history. That's what the Democrats want us to think. So he has that information and he chooses to do nothing. Now look, I, I challenged a Democrat today on the Chris Salcedo Show Twitter account. Why don't you join me in calling for military action against Russia to punish them for even thinking about interfering in our election militarily? And you guys want to see a liberal run for the exits when you talk about bringing real accountability to the Russians? They don't, they don't, want, they don't want to harm the Russians. The Democrats don't want to harm the Russians. The Democrats want to harm Trump. Democrats never want to harm enemies of the United States, do they? And which Obama was it? Was he being truthful when he was saying that, or was he being truthful that it was an unprecedented attack? Hey, remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Happy Fourth. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.